Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. 12 shows, 12 themes, four presenters and one topical talk. Is it worth it? The Film Review Podcast presents Topical Talk. Hello and welcome to Topical Talk, the show that takes a random topic or movie genre and pits them against each other. I'm Craig and on today's episode I'm joined by... Shivani. Floss. David and... Me, Ranjit, as your temporary overlord, deciding which of the movie choices goes into your box set of ultimate movies. Lovely stuff. Uh, today's episode is episode six, Family Movies. Shivani, if you could give us some insight into this genre of sorts, uh, what we had to consider when choosing movies for this episode, a criteria, if you will, for this month's episode. Well, without being too self-explanatory, um, family films for a film for the whole family, so it has to be suitable for children, but also has to appeal to adults. So something that ticks all the boxes. I think is a good starting point. <laughs> yep, I think that is a pretty good sign point <laughs> to be honest with you. It is quite a self-explanatory genre, really, yeah. isn't it? But I think, um, as you said, uh, something suitable for all the for all the family members. So it, a, a PG rating, maybe up to twelve, was sort of okay, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think up to twelve was a good, good one. Cool. Well, without further ado, then let's start round one. So round one begins with our first movie that spoke to us as the ultimate family movie. Shivani, would you like to kick us off? Yes. Yeah, so I picked uh, for my first film, uh, the Shaun the Sheep movie. Um, and I wrestled with a lot of Aardman films for this choice because I definitely wanted to pick an Aardman film. Um, we, we'll cover other Aardman films later. Uh, but it was either this or um, The Wrong Trousers or Alison Gromit. And, um, <laughs> Great film. Yeah. <laughs> Thing is, I, the reason I picked this is because it's a feature length film and The Wrong Trousers is only half an hour long. Um, so I, I wanted a feature length film. And I also think that these films are slightly overlooked when it comes to Ardman films, mostly because they do come across as films for very young kids because of the TV show. Um, but I have to disagree. I think they're as entertaining as the Wallace and Gromit films in terms of the whole family. And I think this film and the second one um, are both really, really good family films. Um, so in the first film, if you haven't seen it, um, Sean and all the sheep on the farm have to uh, travel to the big city to find their farmer who's got amnesia. Um, so they have to go find their farmer with the little dog. Um, and it's t- it's basically a silent film because the humans don't talk and the sheep don't talk. There's no there's no words. Um, it's just it's, it's it's I think it's a great film. It's a great film for kids and a great film for adults. Great. Um, so should we discuss this one first? Then who's going to be kicking us off with with their thoughts? David Floss. Which one of you is going to go? I don't mind. Go for it then. I'll go. Well, I was, my main point is 
a reason why I think this is a great family film is because it's dialogue free. So it doesn't matter like what level of speech or literacy you you are at. You can still enjoy this entirely through body language and sound kind of expressions. And I think that's a really lovely thing. Yeah, no, I completely agree. This is the ultimate family film in terms of language barrier. So it doesn't matter if you speak English, Spanish, Italian. It doesn't really matter because everything in it is visually understandable. Um, and I think that's really, it's, it's universal in that sense and literally means it's open for everybody to understand. And that's one of the main things I really loved about this film. Not uh, not just this, but I think it's a, it is very funny. It is very family friendly and it hits the nail on the head when it, in terms of uh, family movies, really, doesn't it? Um, David, what did you think of it? Yeah, I thought it when I'll be honest, when I first saw Sean the Sheep, the movie, um, as the ultimate family film of all time, I did have my reservations. Um, but I did watch this only a couple of nights ago. Uh, and, I, and I really enjoyed it. It's, it's a very warm film. It's, it's, it's very funny. Obviously, the animation is brilliant. But I think the reason why it works as a very good family film is, for, like you said, you really, there's no age limit on this because it's so visual. You know, very, very young children can watch this all the way up to adults because there is some quirky and quite off-key family humour. Um, the, the, you know, the plot's fairly straightforward um, and, f- and fairly simple, which makes it you know easy to follow for children. But there, there's plenty in there for adults as well. And it's it's a very solid film i mean it gets brilliant rotten tomato scores 99% from the critics 81 from the audience i'm still not convinced in our box set of films when we look at some of the quality of the films that we've put forward as as our winners i'm not sure Shaun the sheep the movie is the ultimate family film in my opinion particularly in in light of some of the other nominations that are going to be brought forward but i would say it's a very very good film and one that i I really enjoyed watching, actually. So, yeah, it's 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 a very solid family movie. See, I I agree with you. It's it's very solid. It's an enjoyable watch, but I don't know. There's something that doesn't quite stand out about it for me in terms of it being in our box set, for instance, mm. as an overall movie. It's almost like a bit of a strange one to have in there. I don't I don't know if that felt. Similar with any fair, of you guys? No. Our, our box set has, uh, up till now, is consistent of some very, very heavy films. So we've got Short Round, we've got Titanic, we've got The Matrix, we've got Schindler's List. Maybe Sean the Sheep is exactly what we need yeah. in there. This would be a lovely palette cleanser. Yeah. <laughs> there are some heavy say... films in there, let's be honest, but there's some substance, isn't there? I think Sean the Sheep's got a substance. I think it has as well. I think it's a really good like uh, te- like taster for this generation because what I think about isn't really the young like children's generation now because it came out a while ago. It's almost like people who are in their twenties and thirties. That's their generation. Sean the Sheep is is a later generation, and it's a great like taster for Ardman and how. In like, how how well Ardman are good at making films, how well yeah. that doesn't make any sense, but you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah. Have, visually they're was, stunning. Sorry, yeah. films. I was going to say people that were 
um, watching Wallace and Gromit and knew Shaun the Sheep from that as as kids could feasibly have their own children now because um, I loved Wallace and Gromit growing up and I think it's nice that the character lives on for a new generation of people. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I know we've discussed this a little bit off air about Rotten Tomatoes and critic consensus and how it aggregates, whether or not it gives a, a good reflection of what the movie's like. David hasn't gone for his Rotten Tomatoes like he normally does here, and I think it's because... I did. Did you say it was 99%? 99% from the critics. Did you say 80- that? Yeah, I yeah. did, yeah. Did you? I wasn't listening. Yeah. I do it. never listen to me. <laughs> well, it's just typical. Well, I'll re- I will reiterate it. It gets, it's huge. It's huge numbers on there. And it's reflective of, of the audiences that go with 81%. And how many people have rated it? Well, there's over 22,672 ratings on there from an audience, which means it's a very highly watched movie which I think is even more testament to, to how good it is. Um, I think it's a great pick, Shivani, a really, really good pick. Um, but I'm still, I'm still not 100% sold on whether or not it will fit in with all of our movies. But like you said, it is a good collect, um, palette cleanser floss. That was what you said, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I'm having I troubles. Think... It's warm. It's very warm. <laughs> it's very on, warm. On um, Metacritic, it's also got 81, which uh, signifies universal acclaim. There we go then. Ooh, excellent stuff. <laughs> Thank you very much, Shivani, for your first choice. David, you're up next. What have you got? So for my first pick, I have gone for Disney Pixar's Monsters, Inc. Um, and it wouldn't be a David Long review without the Rotten Tomato scores, so I will give them. Um, it gets 96% from the critics and, 80, and 90% from the audience. Um, and I think the first thing to say about this film before... I go into the plot and why I love it is that it did see critical acclaim. Um, so it won one Oscar, um, Best of Music original, original Score, Randy Newman. It was also nominated for Original Score, Randy Newman, Best Sound Editing, and most notably, it was nominated for Best Animated Feature. Um, this film actually came out in 2001, which I couldn't believe it's that long ago. Um, I was a mere 10-year-old boy when this came out, and I have very, very fond memories of watching it in the cinema. Um, If you haven't seen Monsters, Inc., what's it about? Well, in order to power the city, monsters have to scare children so that they scream. However, the children are toxic to the monsters, and after a child gets through, two monsters realise things may not be what they think. Um, I think the first thing to say about Monsters, Inc. is that it has uh, an absolutely fantastic cast. You've got John Goodman as Sully, um, Billy Crystal as Mike Wazowski, uh, and Steve Buscemi as Randall Boggs, who is like the bad guy. Um, All of them brilliant actors in their own right, and they come together in this film to to give really powerful voice performances. Um, Another strong thing about this film is the plot. Um, I just think it's got a really interesting premise, this idea of monsters scaring children and using their screams to, to, to power Monstropolis, which is the name of the city. But the irony lies in the fact that actually the, the, ch- the children are, are really scary to the monsters and they have this real like phobia of them and they're convinced that they're bad for them and they're almost like toxic. Um, so that really works really very well. Um, the script is great. Like for for what is, I, w- I wouldn't say it's a children's film. It's for me, it's the perfect family film because there's loads in there for children, but there's also a really good script for adults. 
Um, you know, the the script flows really, really well. The animation is absolutely gorgeous. Like, I think, obviously, everyone knows Disney Pixar produce quality works with the likes of Toy Story and A Bug's Life, um, which came out before um, Monsters, Inc. But I think Monsters, Inc. is, apart from the Toy Story franchise, I think Monsters, Inc. is Disney Pixar's best work. And it's got these really likeable characters from Mike and Sally, our two protagonists, to Boo, who's the little girl. Um, and what I love about Monsters, Inc. is it takes you on a real emotional roller coaster. Um, and without any spoilers, it's got just a really powerful ending. And one that, as, as, a, as a full-grown man, I'm not afraid to say that when I rewatched this film re- recently, you know, I, I wanted to shed a tear. It's, it's really, really powerful. And the reason I think it's one of the ultimate family films is, like I said, there's loads in there for children from the animation to the humour, but there's lots of adult humour in there as well. But it's got a real good plot and real good character development. Um, and I just think it's one of Disney Pixar's best films. And if you haven't seen it, I think you should check out Monsters, Inc. It's currently on Disney+. Plus. Well, thank you for your very, very in-depth um, selling to us. Was that in-depth? I'm it, sorry. I think it, no, no, no. It was good because you basically took the words out of all of our mouths, I assume, because Monsters, Inc. is a fantastic film. And I don't think I need to say anything more because you've <laughs> basically covered every single asset of it. Um, it's, a, it's a brilliant film, David, and it's a really, really good pick. And I don't think I need to say anything else, but I loved it as a kid. I really did, and I still loved it since when I re-watched it uh, last week. Very much so. Um, I'll, I'll hand over to Shivani and see if she has anything else to, to add to this one. I think it's very, very difficult to go wrong with a, a Pixar film. Um, but Monsters, Inc. is definitely up there with one of the best ones. Um, yeah, the, the, the premise, this, the whole uh, the dialogue is so... It's not for children. The dialogue isn't for children. Mm. It's they're, they're, they're adults talking to each other which is so interesting because they're basically in an office setting, which is pretty funny. <laughs> um, and it's just a load of adults going around in an yeah. office um, for like five minutes. But, you know, um, yeah, it's an absolutely great film. Um, I think now I think about it, I, I regret not picking Inside Out as one of my choices. Oh, but film. Yeah, great film. Honourable mention to Inside Out because yeah. that's like top tier p- Pixar, I think. Yeah. Floss, um, yeah. what do you think? Um, so I just made a few like little notes of cool things because you have kind of covered it. Um, I like when films for kids go high concept anyway and and kind of give them the credit that this is a weird kind of office scream factory business thing and like that's fine. They don't ever try and patronise the kids watching Um they just assume that you're going to run with the concept and I wish more films did that for kids. Um, striking imagery, like the um, conveyor belts with doors hanging on them, I always found that such a cool image as a kid. And did you know that they, at one point, were discussing making a roller coaster of it? Oh, wow. That would have been awesome. And the other thing I wrote was the credits are great because they always have great credits with all the little bonus bits. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, you covered it. Yeah, you really did, David. You smashed it out of the park there, mate. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I'm just thinking about this potential roller coaster because Floss is right. That, that scene with the door, all the doors. It reminds me of the conveyor belt in Toy Story Two as well in the airport. Just how vast yeah. it is. Um, I would love to go on Monsters Inc. the ro- the roller coaster. I think that would be, that would be most enjoyable. <laughs> 
I have seen you, um, a video of you on, on social media, David, taking a ride at Orton Towers. It was actually Thorpe Park. Thorpe it was Park. the ride swarm. Um, and I reviewed the ride whilst on it. Um, <laughs> and if you haven't seen that, it's on my social media. Um, Maybe I'll put the link in the description, David, so everyone can view that. <laughs> you you might brilliant. have to because it's it's an incredibly quick ride. It was the it, the first of its kind in the UK, uh, and I gave a fully fledged history, actually, of not of 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 the ride, but of Thorpe Park as an estate, as a theme park. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I, I delve right back into its origins, and uh, yeah, it's a very interesting review. <laughs> well, it's a great ride. <laughs> yeah, Thorpe Park, by the way. Wow. 10 out of 10. <laughs> a little plug for Salt Park there. Floss. Anyone else have anything to say about Monsters, Inc.? Oh, right. I was going to move it along, but okay. <laughs> I don't think anyone does, unless Ranjit, as the overlord, would like to have a comment on it. Um, no, I think, David, you really did cover everything. Um, I'm making notes, so come back to me and I'm going to chime in as an overall. Okie dokie. Floss, then, your movie, please. So I guess I'll go with Shrek as my first one because that was, it leads on quite nicely because that was the film that actually won um, Best Animated Feature over Monsters, Inc. in 2002, uh, whenever that ceremony was. Incredible. And I think, yeah, nice segue. Um, Everyone knows what Shrek is about, but just a quick summary. Shrek is a very angry ogre he hates everyone lives alone um his swamp gets kind of invaded by fairy tale creatures and he ends up agreeing to rescue this princess in order to have them cleared out and and it doesn't all go as planned and that's for the better for everyone involved and this was one of the first films i think i saw in the cinema and it's i think it fits the bill perfectly as something for all the family because it's definitely it's definitely got a lot of stuff in that I didn't get when I was younger. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> but as a, a kid, compensating you're... thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Lord Farquaad is a is a small, small man. <laughs> <laughs> Some of you may die, but that is a sacrifice I'm willing to make. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a really quotable film. Um it spawned a lot of sequels, which kind of the second one was great, and then they got less and less great. But I think the first one's pretty indestructible. Had a really cool. I always bring up the soundtrack, but had a cool soundtrack. It's got a lot of you know pop culture moments in it, and it's now become a pop culture thing itself. Um, I was going to say there was a bit that kind of epitomised. Um, the two sides of loving it as a kid and loving it as an adult. And that's the welcome to G-Lock scene because my family did not go to Disneyland when I was growing up. Um, and even though I went into school when I was about 15, all I wanted to do was go on Space Mountain a lot. So only when I was 25 did I actually go to Disneyland and go on It's a Small World, the ride. <laughs> which, if you've never been on it, it's the most sinister, horrible ride in the whole park. But... As a kid, Welcome to G-Lock <laughs> is funny because you think they're going to say ass, but at the last minute they say face instead. But as an adult, it's funny because they understand about studios and about studios making jabs at each other. And of course, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg, who co-founded DreamWorks, um, he just spent 10 years as chairman of Walt Disney Studios and had a falling out and left. 
and made his own company and made Shrek, which then rips Disneyland to shreds in that mm. scene. And I, yeah, that's a little. One I, lo- I love moment. that insight. I love that. <laughs> yeah, great stuff. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, that I wouldn't have got out of it as a kid, but I appreciate now as a grown-up. Yeah, up. exactly. I mean, now that you said that as well, it makes me love the film even more. And I already did. I remember watching this for the first time um, and loving it, and then rewatching it in like an English lesson, I believe. Back in, I was going to say school. that. Yeah, I think maybe David, you were in the same class. Me, I don't know, but no, it was just the Cavendish School. Uh, Come Christmas, they would just wheel out that VHS they would. On, on, on on a set of wheels, <laughs> and it would be like we're going to watch a film, and everyone would be like, "Is it Shrek?" And the teacher would be like, "Yeah," and you'd be like, "We've seen this already, but we'll watch it again because it's awesome." Exactly, exactly that. Um, but I just remember, I think I remember studying it in a way, like in an English lesson, though, and, that is and so, dissecting that's such it. That's a strange thing to do. No, but it wasn't me, it was the teacher. The teacher made me dissect it in a way that was, you know, the learning about the compensating stuff and all of the, you know, all the little little bits that were in there. And a psychology lesson? It might have been. I don't really remember. I, maybe I was dreaming. I can't, I don't know. Either way, it's a fantastic film and another really, really good pick to, to, to start off round one. And it's really, this is going to be a really difficult one for, for Ranji to sort of pick an overall film because every yeah. single one that here, I think is an absolute, like, absolute classics in terms of hitting our childhood, number one. But number two, they evolve as you get older and you learn more about them. Um, and and the the depth for for adults in terms of what they put in there, and therefore that that really highlights what kind of a family film is. It's got something for literally everybody. And Shrek is, is it has, has it in spades and buckets or whatever the, the saying is. <laughs> it's just it's just ridiculously good, um, and I loved it. Um, Shivani, your thoughts on Shrek? Um, I've had mixed feelings about Shrek for many many years. Ultimately, I think it's. It's fine. It's entertaining. Um, <laughs> it it's become a like a cult classic. Like it's 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 a very it's a theme that's a theme a me. It's a meme. <laughs> <laughs> it's a meme. That is what I was gonna say. It's a film that spawned a lot of memes and a lot of um, online pop culture and a lot of that, which is kind of like like um, sort of cannibalized it in a, in a way. Um, as a film, um, and I don't know, it's it, it it never really, it never really spoke to me as a child. There were always other things that I was more interested in, but you know, it's Shrek. Everyone knows Shrek. Oh, Shrek! He's like an old friend. Yeah. Yeah. He's an old yeah. sometimes fight with, but like you don't you don't mind like spending a few hours watching it, but. You know, oh, Shivani, David, (laughs) David, help! (laughs) No, so I mean, what I was going to say is obviously I hope my one of my selections wins, but if it doesn't, I would very happily see Shrek win because it is a brilliant family film. Floss did a much better job than I'll do, but it's perfect for uh, for children. There's so much in it for adults. And we, I know we talk about the Rotten Tomato scores. It gets 90% from the, from the audience. And that's off of 1,378,744 uh, reviews. So it, it really has stood the test of time. I love how it pokes fun at Disney. I love how it pokes fun at traditional fairy tales and, and stories. I mean, the cast is great. Mike Myers, Eddie Murphy, Cameron Diaz, John Lithgow. Um, it's just 
for all the reasons Floss said, it's perfect for children, it's perfect for adults, and it's just a great, great film. And if this won, I wouldn't be disappointed. I think Shrek's brilliant. Yeah, same here, same here. Uh, okay, Every, anyone else got anything to say about Shrek? Shivani's wrong. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on then. Um, my choice then for round one is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. This was the 1971, I believe it was, uh, movie, not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, um, which was uh, the one that had Johnny Depp in it. We won't talk about that one. We will <laughs> leave that somewhere floating in the ether. Oh, really? Um, oh, well, definitely. I might mention it. Okay, well, I you can mention, mention it. it. You can mention it, but <laughs> only if it's going to be like, it's rubbish. But okay, I'll, well, let me just... Let, oh, well, okay. Look. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, anyway, this one's based upon the wonderful book by Roald Dahl, which is entitled Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. It's the movie that sees Willy Wonka as a rather enigmatic confectioner played by the outside. Standing Gene Wilder. Uh, for many years, Wonka has closed off his factory doors to the outside world, allowing him to develop some of the best chocolate and sugary sweets known to man. Uh, his rivals are left trailing behind, and he won't... Uh, sorry, we won't go into the local economic impact this had on our young protagonist, Charlie Bucket. But Charlie is a poor young boy who lives with his mother and his grandparents. And Charlie and his grandpa, Joe, have a wonderful, loving relationship. But the sadness of how poor this family is pulls at the heartstrings. Um, But their luck eventually turns and a spark of joy befalls Charlie, finding one of five golden tickets in a bar of Wonka's scrumptious chocolate bars and with this ticket the factory doors open for charlie and grandpa joe and four other children and their parents go for a guided tour around willy wonka's bizarre and quite frankly rather unsafe factory um but this film (laughs) that was my little synopsis that i wrote there but i just wanted to say this is a really wacky vivid and uh, i suppose delicious movie um and it will have you laughing crying and just simply craving chocolate like never before um but i think this captures everything for children in like every fiber of their imagination and i think for adults it's a bit of a black comedy sort of exploring like things like the impoverished uh the spoiled greedy class systems that are in place during the 1970s um and something that I think even transcends today, which is why I think it's the perfect family movie because it has something for everyone and it has a bit more as well. It goes and it explores things that actually, when you really look at it, show something a bit more. Um, you know, it has everything from for the very smallest of children to the oldest of adults. And yeah, I love this movie so much. And hopefully you guys do too. I have reservations now, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'll start oh, no, off I, with Shivani. I um I I do love this film. The film's great. The soundtrack, and sorry to steal your thunder, Floss, but the soundtrack is one of the greatest <laughs> things about this film. I think like Roldal is was a big portion of my childhood. I absolutely loved Roldal books. And I think another one to mention would be Matilda. Mm. Um the film that came out of that was amazing. I love that film. Um but yeah, no, this was absolutely great. Gene Wilder, obviously absolute it's very heartfelt it was a very heartfelt performance i think um yeah. but i i i didn't mind the tim burton um one i think it has merits obviously not as good as the original but you know it's it's fine um one of the reasons why i didn't really want to talk about it was because of johnny depp's performance i felt that it was just really bad and really had something quite creepy about it where Gene Wilder was creepy in a way but almost lovable as well where 
where Johnny Depp's one really wasn't. Well, to be fair, the actual character of Willy Wonka is it's he's a really he's a really dark character. Like he willingly well not willingly, he like he um initiates all this this danger that happens to all of these kids with no real worry for the consequences or anything. I mean no I know it's like a it's a it's a film and nothing really bad happens, but I don't know. I always found the character of Willy Wonka kind of like a, like, he wasn't good and he wasn't bad. He was, like, Charlie was the good character and his grandpa was the good character. And he was kind of this, this driving force that meant they had to pick one or the other, good or bad. It was, I don't know. I I, I always thought Willy Wonka is an ambiguous character morally ambiguous which is a a good word for it yeah definitely morally ambiguous is a great word i also like to say he's a confectionist who likes to um you know tell children off in a very weird way especially ones that are greedy (laughs) and um very nasty Um, kids that aren't his own like they're not his kids (laughs) punishment the confectioner (laughs) punishment the the punisher who likes to make chocolate the punisher Um, well, shall I say my thoughts? Yeah, go for it. So this this was another childhood favourite and uh, loved all the songs, loved how... I loved, like, the fantasy of, like, the, the opening room where everything's made out of food. Like, that's the dream as a little oh, child. Yeah. Then the new one came out and I got all enthralled with the new one because it was just weird and, I don't know, I liked all the weird stuff about his dad being a dentist and the house disappears <laughs> randomly and um i i don't know why that spoke to me when i was a child but i think now i can appreciate this one afresh um and oh i've got a weird tangent a weird um story about this i don't have to tell it but it's about how i want oh, please to do. one of the um one of the oompa loompas <laughs> from this film <laughs> um my brother was playing Grandpa Joe in a stage production of this, um, like a kid's production, and they had this promotional thing where you could um, buy chocolate in the lobby and some of them had golden tickets in. And I found a golden ticket and then I met the guy that was one of the Oompa and got a signed copy of the book. And that was really cool. Oh, it's wow. funny you should say that. Um, I met... Um, Deep Roy, who would play the Implumper, well, all the Implumpers in the Tim Burton one. I met oh, him yeah. at a wedding. <laughs> um, yeah. Wow, it's really strange. It's funny you should say that because I went to a bar mitzvah and I met another Implumper. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Johnny Depp himself. Yeah. And that bar mitzvah, love it. I do think. Gene Wilder as Willy Wonka is, he stands the test of time better than Johnny Depp. Because Johnny Depp was just doing a weird Michael Jackson impression. <laughs> yes! <laughs> it was, it was, it worked for that film. I don't hate the other film. I still have a lot of fondness for it. But I think this one is, you know, it's, it's, t- it's, better, it's better for all the family because my parents hate the other film. I there we go then. <laughs> I get the impression that they weren't fans of us putting it on every day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can see that. I can see that. David, then, your thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, I always consider Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory from 1971 as a bit of a, a, a classic. 
Um, and it's been many, many years since I've watched it. So I revisited it in adulthood only a few nights ago. And one thing I would say is there's certainly lots in there for adults. I think Craig has dissected it very, very well. There's a political and social commentary early in the film about class and about money and about wealth and about what it means to be a family and particularly what it means to be a poor family. Um, and compare it to the remake, I'm sure it takes them a lot longer to get into, into Willy Wonka's factory in the original. Um, so there's a lot more social commentary um, in the original. Two, two things about the performances in it. I think Gene, Gene Wilder, to me, is just phenomenal. And I think he's great as Willy Wonka. But I thought Peter Ostrom as Charlie Bucket was, was really, really good. Um, and a little interesting fact, it's his only ever film. Yeah. Um, he, he, he was a childhood actor who did, Charlie and the, who did Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, and, and he's never been anything since. Um, so a little bit of trivia for you there. But I thought he was really, really good. And I think like all films, it, it has aged in terms of its special effects. But there's something still very magical about it. Um, and I think seeing this in the cinema in the 70s, it must have been very, very powerful. My only criticism of it is the character of Grandpa Joe. Um, oh, no. Who what? seemingly spends 20 years bedbound. <laughs> but as soon as a golden ticket becomes available, he leaps up like the resurrection of Lazarus. That's it's point. a miracle. But it was a miracle. <laughs> It, it, it just something strikes me slightly off about that. Um, That's the thing that strikes you off, not the <laughs> kids being brutally somethingized. I don't know. Yeah, what, or what Willy happened. Wonka closing like, his factory and making lots of people in that village or local town redundant, therefore increasing the um, economic true, true, uh, disparity between the classes that are in this movie. All that? Yeah, I mean, that's even better. I don't know. I just thought there was something fishy about Grandpa Joe. <laughs> Maybe he's claiming benefits. <laughs> he's signing on for 20 years, but there's nothing wrong with him. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you're poking holes at that. That's just, that's just too far. No, it's a genuine criticism about, about the character. It does seem a little bit strange that he's bedbound for 20 years and then suddenly he's up and about, but maybe Again, I read too much. not the recluse confectioner who has like a room that is edible, like the witch from Hansel and Gretel. Well, <laughs> Grandpa Joe the Benefit Thief is all I have to say. No, but uh, on a serious note, it's uh, apart from the benefit fraud, it's... <laughs> it's, it's it's a very it's a very good film and one it's that got... I enjoyed and you know some of the songs from it are so quotable um I won't sing them I'll, oh, but I'll, I'm really I'll spare... hoping you're going to though. no I won't I'll spare the audience that but yeah look Craig great choice I don't think it'll win um Ooh. but a great choice nonetheless cool I'd say my closing thought is um I didn't mention that all of the Oompa Loompa songs do have like a, a good moral in them like an educational point and i think that is good in a film for kids yeah actually thinking about it they were quite heavy those 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 songs mm. weren't they and actually they really did for an adult listening to that it's like oh blimey that's moving things along isn't it but no i i i love love this film and uh for your closing thoughts there floss that was a great one um okay well it seems like we've done with round one we'll probably move on now to round two Thank you. 
And in the final round of this week's episode, we'll be putting forward our ultimate choices for family-friendly films, I suppose. Shivani, kick us off again, please. Okay, so this is um, one of my favourite films. Um, I've picked School of Rock, um, which is another Richard Linklater film. We all like Richard Linklater, which is crazy considering the type of films he's directed. Yeah. Um, like Boyhood and the before films. Um, and then School of Rock, which is this great, fun, family-friendly uh, film with Jack Black um, and uh, Mike White. It's it's just it's, okay. All right, sorry, <clears throat> my words out. Um, so it's about a layabout musician who um, takes a job uh, as a substitute substitute teacher in a primary school or prep school. I don't know. It's in America, um, of a young people's school, um, and he discovers that these kids are really musically talented, and he decides to form a band with all these kids called the School of Rock. Um, and it's great. These kids are amazing. Um, there's some really great lines in there. Jack Black is absolutely hilarious. Um, the whole film is so entertaining and it's such a feel-good film. Soundtrack is very up there. It's got all classic rock, like Led Zeppelin, ACDC, um, The Smiths, all all really, really good songs and and music um, and some a few original ones as well. Um, if you haven't seen it, which I don't know if a lot of people have, I've never really heard it being talked about that much, um, but it's it's absolutely great film that you must watch. Yeah, and this, this came out just at the right time, I think, for me because it was a film that really inspired me in terms of music and it also inspired me in terms of like filmmaking and in like really wanting to make movies in a weird way. Um, but it, I think Jack Black is just perfect in this movie. Um, what was his name again? Was it Mr. Schneebley or Mr. Oh, Schneebley? Um, so Schneebley. Mr. Yes. Schneebley, actually Schneebley. Well, he um, <laughs> takes the name Ned Schneebley. Though, his name is Dewey Finn, which is yeah. also ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I just fantastic performance there i think he was just hilarious jack black is hilarious anyway but i think he just evolved more in this movie um it, like, he's been in some more serious roles before but this is the one that really stood out for me because of the way and the time it came about for me watching it um all of the songs as you said Giovanni, are just brilliant um especially the one that they they are supposedly write in this movie i thought that was great and it really it sends like it makes my hairs stand up on my on my arm when i watch it because it just gives me the chills like how cool it is that they're all coming together to to make this this thing and i, I yeah just i really good pick Giovanni. i mean all of these movies today are fantastic picks but i especially love school of rock i really really do um floss what did you think yeah, there's not really a bad film in this lineup. I think I I actively enjoy all of them. Um, yeah, I feel like School of Rock is quite a well a well watched and liked one. It was again, it was one that we watched a lot as kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it's very quotable. Jack Black is kind of just playing Jack Black, but like to the extreme of that, and it works here kind of like the best it's ever worked, probably. Because um, he's just so funny naturally, and the wackier he gets in this, the funnier it is. 
Um, so yeah, you've you've kind of highlighted already why it works, but I would add on that watching as an adult now, I appreciate um, the kind of the, the school element of it, because I have all my issues with the way that schools are at the moment and how they don't actually seem to care that much about teaching and yes by the by the book Jack Black is not a good teacher in this if you're looking for you know is he ticking all these boxes is he doing the curriculum but who can watch him in action and say that the kids aren't learning and evolving and growing creatively and I think in that in that sense he's a really good teacher and and yeah that's that's something that stood out to me watching back as a grown-up Absolutely. Sorry, a little tangent there. No, I think that was a really good tangent to go on, actually. Um, David, yeah, he, he, Sorry. Go on, Shivani. He doesn't do a lot of great things as a teacher. Like, he's not... He, he, he almost gets arrested. But, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's, he's not going to get anyone through their exams, but no. <laughs> they learn a lot from him. And I yeah. think that's a very important kind of education, it's... especially because the arts get so overlooked. In a lot yeah. of schools. It's so heartwarming. It's a really heartwarming film and it's really Yeah, it's great. Sorry, David, go ahead. Yeah, so I mean I I'm not sure I can add too much. I mean I was hoping that Shivani was gonna pick something terrible. Um <laughs> so that I could roast her, but unfortunately she's she's made another really good selection here. What I like about School of Rock is it's just a very enjoyable film. Um I know that might be sim- simplifying it, but it's just, and it's also very, very watchable. I would say School of Rock is one of those films that if you've seen it and you're flicking through the telly and it happens to be on, you can dive into it at any point and just immediately get engaged with it. And I think the reason for that is Jack Black's performance. I think he's, he's brilliant. Um, he's obviously a very talented actor. He's also a talented musician. And he really brings sort of a, a chaotic lovability to the screen. And for all the reasons outlined, I think it's a very good family film. Lots in there for children, um, lots in there for adults as well, lots of good music. Just just a very, very good selection. Ranji, as the overlord, do you have any comments uh, at the minute, at this point in time? Yeah. Um, School of Rock was a huge part of my childhood. Me and my brother used to watch it all the time. Um, it there's not much I think I can add about it um, that you guys haven't touched upon already, but it's just, you know, Jack Black is, is perfect casting. The kids are brilliant. Um, it's just such a good feel-good film. Uh, yeah, it's just so much fun. Uh, adults can enjoy it. Kids can enjoy it. Um, it is brilliant. It is absolutely brilliant. Wow. Won the overlord over there, didn't you, Sean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, David, you're up next, mate. So for my second pick and for my ultimate, ultimate family film, I have gone for Disney's 1993 Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey. Um, It wouldn't be a David review without the Rotten Tomatoes score, so I will give them 87% from the critics, 71% from the audience. What is this film about? Well, a fun-loving American bulldog pup, a hilarious Himalayan cat, and a wise old golden retriever embark on a long trek through the rugged wilderness of the Sierra Nevada mountains in a quest to reach home and their beloved owners. Um, The first thing to say about this film is it's got a brilliant cast. Um, 
the three voice actors for the animals are as follows. You've got Michael J. Fox as Chance, Sally Field as Sassy, and Don Amici as Shadow. Um, and their performances are great. The way they use their voices, the way they engage the audience, it's, it's very, very good acting. Um, from a selection of very, very good actors. But the reason I love this film so much is it's such a great story. Um, I have such fond childhood memories of watching this film. It came out in 1993, but I probably watched it first when I was five or six. And I just absolutely loved it. There's loads in it for children. There's lots of action. It will make you laugh. But there's also lots in it for adults as well. There's lots of adults' themes. And I think the... It really pulls on your heartstrings, this film. You've got these three wonderful animals that are far, far away from home and need to get back. And it's actually the adults that can really relate to loving your pet and the, the fear of losing your pet. So it really relates to adults as well. It's got stunning scenery um, throughout the film. Uh, and the bizarre thing about it is it's got really, really good character development. Like people may say, what a film about two dogs and a cat, character development. Well, it does. Like you get to know and love these three animals, Shadow, uh, Chance and Sassy. Shadow's like this really wise, lovable, um, you know, really empowering golden retriever. Then you've got Chance, this young bulldog pup who's just... Um, had a really tough life, you know, in and out of the pound, not ever really been loved before with his first family. And then you've got Sassy, which is literally that, this sassy Himalayan house cat. Um, and it's got a, a really quality script. Um, and I don't know whether I'm biased here. Um, most people know my favourite film of all time is Titanic, but I love this film. And I, when I say I love it, I mean I absolutely adore it. Me and my mum still watch it probably once every couple of years together. She always cries. I always, I, I, I don't cry, but I, I come close to it. Um, he says he doesn't cry. It's, I say I don't cry, um, but deep down we all know I do. Um, <laughs> it's, I could talk about this film for hours. But it's just beautiful, heartwarming, wonderful family entertainment. And if you've never seen Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, it is currently on Disney+. Plus, um, and I would so recommend streaming it. Um, I know not all of you guys have seen it. Um, but those of you who have, I, I fingers crossed literally that you enjoyed it as much as I did. Because I loved it. I, I don't think I enjoyed it as much as you did, but it, oh, is, a, it is a good film. It's a really, really, really good film. Um, but there Your was, childhood was empty. Uh, my childhood wa it was very empty. It certainly was. <laughs> no, no, there was the live action version, though, from Walt Disney, The Incredible Journey, which is what this is based upon, I believe. So, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you're not talking about The Incredible Journey, are you, at all? You're talking about Homeward Bound, The Incredible Journey, yeah? Yeah, Homeward Bound, The Incredible yeah, Journey, yeah. yeah. Okay, so what, I have seen the cartoon version of this, the 1963 live-action one, which I felt had a bit more expressiveness to the faces and to, to the, the the way the characters are. That, that is the only critic, critical point that I want to make about this film, is that I think that the voices do a lot for the for the characters um, and that, they, that the expression of of the animals is a bit lacking because of that, that era's sort of technology, I suppose. But that's just my own one very, very small criticism. Otherwise, I thought it's, it's a really, really lovable movie. And, I mean, I don't have the same sentiments to it like you do, David. Yeah. 
but it is a, it's a really good choice and I can't fault you for it at all. And I don't really have much else to say about it other than that, to be honest with you. I mean, one thing I would say, what was that recent film we watched with Harrison Ford that had a dog in it? Oh, God, yeah. Into the Wild. Into the was Wild. It? That was brilliant. Was it Into the Wild? Call of the Wild. Call of the Wild. That's Call it. of the Wild. Unlike Call of the Wild, which used animation, this is two real dogs and a real cat, and then the voiceovers are over the top, so the, vo- the, the, the animals' mouths never move. But I think the, the performances... I mean, I was hoping that Shadow the dog was going to get an Oscar nod here. I thought he, <laughs> I thought he gave a great performance. Mm. Hopefully, um, Shivani and... Floss agree with me that this is a brilliant family movie. I think it is a good family film. Um, but as I said oh. earlier, I did just watch it today, so I don't have the same nostalgia you have for it. Um, mm. As a film, like objectively, just looking at it as a film without all the nostalgia, it is, it's, it is heartwarming. Um, but I don't think it's the best family film. There's a lot in there that I think needs tightening up um, in terms of plot and in terms of story and obviously there were a lot of quite emotional moments um, but they didn't seem as compelling as some other films about animals that I've seen um, but overall it is a good film um, yeah <laughs> Floss save the day well guess what this is one I had on VHS as a kid and watched <laughs> And in my childhood, so hey. I do. I have the nostalgia um, goggles, but <laughs> again, I just from from an adult's perspective, there's stuff that stood out to me differently. Um, I agree with David. I think it's really great. Um, I'm an animal lover, so that probably swings it in my favour anyway. But some things, I'll just do what I've done for the others, and things that stood out watching it with with a more grown-up perspective i really like that chance is a bulldog because there are so many films where it's like a cute kind of hollywood looking picture perfect dog um and and that's always the dog that people want and i like that in this film yeah you've got a golden retriever but you also have this like (laughs) supposedly aggressive looking breed being this like lovable goofball really loyal lovely dog i think that does that sends a good message to the parents watching that might buy their kids a dog one day or preferably go and adopt one um yeah and it also had commentary on on the dog pound which i you know that's a sad place for a dog to be and it's quite dark like some of this film is really dark and I'll never forget watching for the first time and um, thinking that it was going to end very differently than it did and then being very overjoyed when it didn't end that way. And I just think, how can you not cry when a certain dog runs over the hill? That is what I would say. Oh, and a final thing was, so yes, watching it back, I was thinking... It's really impressive that they got all these animals to do the stuff they did. And then I thought about how there's been controversy around other films mistreating animals or not being very ethical in how they get them to do stuff. Um, So then I did some research into it and thankfully everything I found shows that they were very 
sensible and humane with the animals. And there was actually eight cats playing sassy and four dogs each playing shadow and chance. But they each had like a main portrayer for the close up stuff and the character stuff. Oh, wow. And I'm very happy that loads of dogs and cats weren't horribly treated on set. I did worry with the cat in the water scene that looked pretty harsh it's on like, a cat. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a massive um, documentation of someone who I'm guessing was on set, you know, observing everything that was happening, which set my mind at ease quite a lot. I hope there it was a puppet when the cat goes flying on the um, seesaw as well. They talked about having like fake dogs for the bit with the, the porcupine spines. They had like a fake dog face. I think they used they used puppets here and there. Well, I think undoubtedly though, it, it, it is a, a brilliant family friendly film um, and one for all the family, and it holds so much nostalgia for you, David, and so much love. And you watch it as you say, like every couple of years with your mum and and other family members, I suppose. Um, and yeah, no. A worthy choice, I think, definitely. And I bet there's going to be a lot of other people out there who are in the same boat as you, to be honest with you. Um, it'd be great if we had like an online vote for this as well, really, for every episode. We should really do that and see what other people think. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Floss, you're up next. So my second pick is another Ardman film, which is Chicken Run, um, which centres on a group of hens who are currently being farmed for their eggs and are constantly trying to escape in increasingly inventive ways. But uh, Mrs Tweedy, who owns the farm, is kind of sick and tired of not making any money and she wants to expand. She buys a massive pie-making machine. She's going to make all her chickens into pies, so it suddenly becomes a lot more urgent that they escape. And as all this is happening, a rooster ends up um, flying into their coop and he becomes this like cool uh, hero for them. He's going to help them get out and the film kind of just follows their their latest attempt to escape and I think it's really great. It's got a great voice cast. It's, I mean, set in the UK so it's a lot of like British voice actors and national treasures and then the rooster is Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> and let the uh, controversy begin yeah. um, again it's got a great soundtrack I think that's a big factor for me in my film it's got a really good soundtrack, yeah, um, soundtrack obviously, incredible. obviously sorry Shivani <laughs> um, <laughs> hand animated using claymation I think there's just so much love and attention to that um, it's weird um, as a kid, I talked about this, this in an um, International Women's Day special that we did. Um, it's weird to have a kid's film with such a heavily female cast, which is a nice change in the balance. You don't get many of those, especially in films for kids. Um, and if they are heavily female, they're normally like princess-based or, you know, like fairies or mm. or something girly. And this is like, we're going to build a machine and and beat up a farmer. And it's quite a nice change. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I love Chicken Run. <laughs> it's a great film. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this was one of the other ones I was considering for my pick, and then you picked it. So I was like, okay, at least that's covered. You know. <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, I watched it fairly recently as well. It's just, it. it's so good. It's 
like not even that it's really fun to watch but it which it is but like critically it's it has so much meat in it no pun intended i'm sorry that was genuinely not um intentional <laughs> oh, okay. um <laughs> yeah it has so much it has so much um substance um i guess as a film um and yeah again great cast absolutely great soundtrack one of my favorites yeah it's so... very like tightly scripted as well there's yeah. lots of good puns for for the grown-ups <laughs> yeah i think you've you guys have sort of covered a lot of the ground there but it is just really heartwarming it's very funny it's intelligently done the claymation is just brilliant um and it's i i really love claymation as as a form of filmmaking in terms of like the stop motion sort of aspect to it in terms of just a, a technical thing i i love that sort of stuff um but it gives it gives it this sort of I don't know how to say it. This this soul to it when they inject the the, the I don't know the the voices go into the clay. It's just so. It's so it feels so personal, doesn't exactly, it? Exactly. Like yeah. Yeah. And it it really makes you feel part of what's going on. Um, you it I tell you what it really did for me. It put me off chicken for a long time. Um, <laughs> it made me want to go vegetarian for a, a long while. And after rewatching it recently, it's. I've sort of done that again. <laughs> I won't die. <laughs> um, but Chicken Run is a really, really great family film, and I remember watching it quite a few times at Christmas with my family. Um, yeah, a really, really good pick, Floss. Really good. Oh, little fact it's the highest grossing stop motion film in history. Wow. That doesn't surprise just, me. Uh, just seen that on Wikipedia, and then they're making a sequel. Yes. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Without Mel Gibson. No, without Mel Gibson. That's good. <laughs> David, your thoughts on Chicken Run? Um, yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a classic, isn't it? Uh, let's be honest. I, and again, I can't believe it's from the year 2000. It's 20 years old. Um, baffling. Uh, I remember seeing this in the cinema. Uh, I don't know if I saw... I must have seen it when it came out, so I would have been nine years old. Uh, and what nine-year-old wouldn't love Chicken Run? Uh, for all the reasons that have been said. Um, it's just a brilliant film. It's another great choice. Uh, and Ranjit's got a real tough choice to make here. Yeah. Um, because this is, I mean, anyone, I would recommend watching any one of these films to, to families. They're all brilliant choices. And Chicken Run is one of those. And, you know, the, the sequel is getting a lot of anticipation on film Twitter. A lot of people talking about it. Um, it's going to be out on Netflix, I believe. So, yeah. Yeah, Ranjit, you brought us the article the other day about that, didn't you? Yeah, so, yeah, I came across it. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited, definitely. Um, anyone else got anything further to add for a chicken run? Just that all this talk of stop motion animation has made me want to choose a different film. Yeah, <laughs> the final bit before the credits haunted me as a child because it was, of course, the discussion of what came first, the chicken or the egg. <laughs> so, <laughs> That is a baffling and very difficult question. It really is, isn't it? I think it is the chicken, though. I think the chicken came first. It's not not a matter of whether what came first. It's that the chickens evolved, and they obviously evolved from a bird that, you know, lays... Oh, birds lay eggs. Oh, birds lay eggs. But but what came first, though? (sighs) Although, actually, the egg came first, because the chicken hatched out of the egg. The thing that 
evolved and reached the end point as chicken that we know it today had to hatch out of something. So I guess egg. <laughs> Aren't chickens closely related to dinosaurs? All birds are. Oh, yeah. yeah. All birds are, yeah. Imagine a giant dinosaur chicken. I mean, there is... I mean, uh, let's. We can't. We could, we could do a whole episode on dinosaurs. And... I mean, maybe that's the sequel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dinosaur run. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Should I go next? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Let's round this off. <laughs> okay. So my final choice for this episode is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, this came out in 2018. And it was one of Christmas's biggest hits. Uh, and it sees Miles Morales in a world where Spider-Man is simply awesome and uh, Miles hates his school. Um, but he looks up to good old Spider-Man. Um, Miles' dad is a cop um, and he isn't a fan of Spider-Man. Um, but Miles is encouraged to do his graffiti by his uncle and in when doing so is bitten by a spider. Uh, and things turn upside down when he becomes the one and only Spider-Man from his own reality. And then he must team up with other Spider-Mans, Spider-Men, Spider-Men and, and women. Spider-People. Spider-People, Spider-Pigs. I don't know. So just not to discriminate, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but he has to team up with those guys from other realities to stop the threat of all uh, destruction to all of the realities, I suppose. Um, I... This when this came out, I absolutely adored it, and I still do love it. It's the Spider-Man film that I have been wanting for a very, very, very long time. Um, it's directed by Pob Pob. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, I'm going to really struggle to say his surname, but it's Bob Pashati. I don't know if I said that right, but who cares? Uh, well, actually, I do care. I apologise, Bob. Um, Peter Ramsey, and it's also written by Phil Lord and Rodney Rothman. Um, we've got an all-star cast as well. Voices um, by Shamik Moore as Miles, Jake Johnson as Peter B. Jordan, Hayley Steinfeld as Gwen, and even Nicolas Cage uh, plays a personal favourite of mine, Spider-Man Noir. Um I just remember seeing this and being blown away by the story, the vivid visuals and just loving everything about it. I really did. Um, in terms of family movies, it's certainly an all rounder and it has something for everybody. And I just remember David actually being stunned by how much he actually enjoyed it. So I'm going to go to you, David. How much do you enjoy this? Yeah, I, th- look, I think this is a great pick, Craig. And I think of all the films that have been put forward so far, this is probably the most adult one. I don't know if you would agree with that. Maybe. Um, for, certainly for me, anyway. I thought there was loads of adult themes in there and I, I got loads out of it. I, I went into this film expecting it to be average and it's far from average. It's it's a brilliant film from the way it's looks on screen to the way it was cast to certain decisions that have been made. It's got a very diverse cast, which is great to see. Um, and it's a bit of a mind F as well with some of the themes about time and reality and space. And there's lots of, as, as Shivani's touched upon, there's lots of meat on the bone. <laughs> I know we've been talking about chickens and I'm getting hungry, but um, there's plenty of meat on the bone here. It's, it's, it's a brilliant film, Craig. I'm so pleased you picked it. Um, and if you haven't seen Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, I would thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. Too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I agree. <laughs> Sorry, um, it's when I saw this film first in the cinema, I like I didn't think I could have a another Spider-Man film 
that was as good as Spider-Man 2. Um, but it is, and it's it's incredible. I watched it several times with several different people, and everyone I watched it with loved it. Um, I think it's a perfect family film, um, and I really think Randy's going to pick this one. <laughs> oh, I really hope so. Floss, just a yeah. question. Can I hear ducks in the background? I think you probably can, <laughs> yes. I thought I could hear ducks. <laughs> I forget Wait, how what? loud they can get, that's but it's brilliant. so hot I can't close my window. No, Duck fine. run! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But also, that's, Floss, um, what did you think of Spider-Man? Oh, that, I'm going to notice them now every time they make a noise. Um, I loved Spider-Verse. Um, I, I saw it in the cinema, and uh, we haven't really talked about the visuals, have we? The, the art style is so unique and so comic book and so beautiful and in a world where we've got as many comic book films as we do, it's nice that this one looks like a comic book, um, and which probably would have been viewed as a risk by some of the people behind the scenes to go so stylized. But I think it really paid off. And like people have said about this film, you can freeze it at any point, and it's like a, it's just like a comic panel. And it's, I'm very very happy that they stuck to the that art style for the whole thing technically i remember looking to see how they did it all and every single um frame was like hand drawn in photoshop um and then stitched together as a movie so it it is basically a digital drawing like most animations i suppose but done slightly differently most other animations are done in different animating software um this one is like a hand-drawn digital version which is is slightly different and very comic looking and vivid as well in colors and everything about it was just stunning i i just technically story-wise um every element that went into it was perfect and also it was a spider-man film a spider-man film that i've always wanted to see because i as a kid i I had a few comments i I used to go on holiday to bournemouth and i'd pick up a spider-man comic to 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 read as a a, along the journey and he was he's my number one superhero um always and i this was the film that i think really i don't know it just really put me on a nostalgia loop in terms of wanting to see a film in this sort of style and yeah that's why i really loved it mainly yeah well also none of us have the um experience of watching this as kids so we can't be nostalgic about it no but, but I it think did throw for... me back to that though. that's right <laughs> yeah <laughs> i think for kids it's it's important to have a mainstream family film that has miles morales as peter i mean instead of peter parker as spider-man i think that's a really nice, cool thing to have, yeah. and I hope I hope he makes many more appearances because I really like the performance and I really like the character. Well, he's certainly going to get some more appearances in the next Spider-Man game as well, well uh, which yes. is completely based <laughs> on Miles Morales, which was going to be really, really cool. Um, but at the same time, they're definitely going to be making a sequel to this as well, so really, really looking forward to that as well. Uh, anyone else got anything to else to add to this Spider-Man film? I Wicked. think it's my favourite of the new Spider-Man film films. Wow, can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, that brings us to the end of the show then. Almost. 
Uh, but it brings us to the end of the rounds for sure. Uh, but it's now time for the Overlord to join the discussion. So, Ranjit, thank you for coming back and being our overlord and overlording on this one. Um, have you found the show thus far? And uh, after that, would you like to, to summarise summarize <laughs> your thoughts and then pick I mean, one? I don't know if I can. This is so difficult. This is a really hard one to to sort of uh, choose, a, choose a family film from. Um, I've been writing down notes as you guys have been going along. So I'm going to break it down and then I'm going to choose my final film at the end. Um, so Shaun the Sheep is a film I haven't seen, um, but going from the argument, I loved how, um, I didn't know it was a dialogue free film. And I think that's really interesting. Um, how, how Floss, you said that, um, that can, you know, anyone can, it can be accessible to anyone, um, any language, any, any sort of person, um, they can d- just enjoy the visuals on the screen. Um, but I, I do, as a family film, I think that could be, that could be limiting itself a bit. Um, I feel like maybe kids are a bit more drawn to noises and, um, you know, something that can uh, f- uh, keep their attention. And may I-, I haven't seen the film, so I don't know. Maybe there is enough to keep their attention, but I'm just, I'm just thinking because it's dialogue free, um, that could be an issue as a family film. And I think maybe it sort of falls into quite a niche audience. And I don't know if. There might be even some adults who don't particularly enjoy the film because it has no dialogue. Um, yeah, so yeah, just going off your arguments for Shaun the Sheep, um, that was my opinion on that. And then Monsters Inc, um, absolute classic, one of Pixar's best films. Um, beautiful animation, brilliant voice performances. I love the score. The score is so iconic and just absolutely, absolutely magical. Um, it's one of those scores that you just as soon as you hear it, you just sort of transport it back into that world of Monstropolis. Um, and I love how um, the script, you guys, think, I can't remember who mentioned the script, but it's, it is very sort of adult oriented, but it can, it does appeal to kids as well. Um, it's sort of like just sort of a slice of life in their, in their job, in their workplace. Um, you get to see the city, like the, I love the scene of uh, Mike and Sally walking to the job and how they interact with their neighbours and their shopkeepers and stuff like that. Um, such a brilliant uh, way to sort of flesh out the world um, and just sort of make you, without without it being too dialogue heavy and too exposition, exposition heavy, it's such a brilliant way of just sort of making the atmosphere feel more real um, and natural. Um and yeah, I think as a, as a family film, Monsters Inc. definitely works. Um, there's enough to appeal for both families and kids. Um, and then Willy Wonka, um, a film I haven't seen in a long time. I remember watching it as a kid and I didn't really enjoy it. Um, I think, I don't know. I don't know what it was. I think it was maybe a bit too... I don't know. I can't, pop, can't quite put my finger on it. Um it definitely has brilliant production design and set pieces and um, absolutely exceptional um, songs and performances from Gene Wilder, uh, which are just iconic now today. Um, but um, yeah, as a child, it wasn't really my thing, never really got into it. And I, know, I haven't seen the, the Johnny Depp version and I probably won't ever watch it um, after what you guys have just said. But um, yeah, <laughs> so Willy Wonka was one I miss as a kid. but uh, Sorry, one I saw as a kid, but sort of didn't really hit it with me. Um, 
and then Shrek. Um, Shrek is absolutely. I love Shrek so much. Um, a big part of my childhood. Um, I remember when I was a kid, and I was just blown. It just blew my mind seeing all these different fairy tale creatures together, and I was just just so mesmerized mesmerized about how how it all you know how they're all in the same film. It was crazy. Uh, there's so many good jokes, so many good jokes for adults, um, so many good jokes that you miss when you're a kid and you re on your rewatch, you're just like, what? How did they get away with that? But um, uh, yeah, Shrek is an absolute classic. Um, it's such a brilliant modern fairy tale uh, with a really good message at the end about um, accepting people and just being true to yourself um, and a, a brilliant soundtrack as well, brilliant songs and score. Um, yes, yeah, so Shrek is Shrek is a really good family film. Um, I just I also I, I also you asked me already about School of Rock, but um, yeah, again that was a big part of my childhood. Uh, great songs, great performance from Jack Black. I didn't know Richard Linklater directed it actually, so that was quite interesting to learn. Um, and yeah, as a family film, um, I think it does work. It's got enough for both adults, enough for kids as well. Um, but may I don't know maybe because it is sort of music orientated that might put off some people, uh, some people who aren't as interested in in music, um, so it might not appeal to you know a large amount of families. Um, but in my personal opinion, School of Rock is great. I love that film. Um, and then Homeward Bound, I haven't seen it, David. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, yeah, I know you've got a deep emotional attachment to it, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's not one that I've ever had ever even heard of until you guys have mentioned it. Really, um, uh, I'm not the biggest pet lover, which is you know, <laughs> I know you guys all love your dogs and cats, but I'm not the biggest fan of dogs and cats. So um, I don't know if even if I did watch it, even if I would get enough out of it. Um, but yeah, uh, and then we've got uh, Chicken Run, which uh, I had never seen until today. I watched it for the first time today. Um, and yeah, I missed it. I just always missed it. I've, I think I've seen bits of it because a lot of it looked familiar to me, um, but I'd never seen it uh, properly. Um, so I watched it today and I have to say, literally from the first moment on, I was hooked. I, the film is brilliant. It's so good. Um, I love the humour. I love the slapstick. I love the visual gags. Um, the claymation, you're right, Craig, it just gives it such a personal and sort of beautiful soul to it. Um, the music is incredible, um, such a nice story, really good message to kids, I think, about um, sort of perseverance and not for not giving up on your dreams. And um, and uh, obviously there's the, the, you know, the whole story about uh, animal cruelty and stuff like that, which is sort of played in there as well. Um and yeah, I, I'm so glad I've, I finally got around to watching it because honestly, it was so good. Um, you guys have spoken about it loads of times and I'm so glad I've finally seen it. It, it was really good. And then Spider-Man. Um, yeah, so I've mentioned it loads of times. I'm a big comic book nerd. I'm still buying comic books today. Um, Spider-Man was a big part of my childhood. That's uh, the character that got me into comics, actually. I started reading um, Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, which is uh, which was created by Brian Michael Bendis, who created the character of Miles Morales in Ultimate Spider-Man. Um, I remember watching this in IMAX and I loved it. Um, no, and I liked it. And then I watched it again yesterday, and I absolutely loved it. I, it was I forgot how good it is. It's, it works on so many different levels. Um, it was surprisingly emotional as well. I forgot how emotional it was, um, and it's just. 
the visuals are amazing. It feels like a comic book brought to life. Um, it's the story is brilliant. Um, such a good story about being true to yourself, and um, especially in this day and age, um, it's such a good message to to young people watching this film. Um, unfortunately, I, I agree with David. I think the themes and the subject matter and stuff might be more um, appropriate for older kids. I don't know if you could class this as a family film. Um, I think it's it has a lot of coming-of-age themes in there, and obviously it's superhero-orientated as well. I don't know. I don't know if it falls into family films. I think it is... I think you need to be either a, a Spider-Man fan or a bit older to appreciate it properly. Um, I think there's, there's enough in there to keep kids engaged, but I don't think that... I don't know. I don't think they were going for kids when they were making this film. Um, and I, I want to mention the soundtrack in Spider-Verse as well. It's absolutely brilliant. Some really great songs um, and a great score as well. Um, so, yeah, it's a little breakdown of all the films you guys have mentioned. Um, and then I'm going to give you my pick now for the ultimate, ultimate family film. Ooh. And I'm going to go for Shrek. Yeah, I think when you're saying family film, you have to include the adults, you have to include the kids. And Shrek is the perfect embodiment of having something for for everyone. It's got... Like I said, it's got jokes for adults, it's got jokes for kids, jokes kids aren't going to get until they watch it again as adults. Um, great characters, great memorable lines. Um, it was, uh, it spawned a great sequel, Shrek 2. Um, and then I haven't seen Shrek 3 and 4, so I don't know if they went good, but I've heard they're pretty bad. Um, but yeah, I think as a family film, I think you have to go Shrek. I think it is the perfect family film. Wow, well done. Not even, not chicken one. Shivani's <laughs> 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 devastating. I love Chicken Run Shivani. I'm so glad I finally watched it, but I think Shrek is the. It's just the ultimate family film, I think. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Topical Talk. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this month's episode. The next episode of Topical Talk will be out later on in July and it will be Guilty Pleasures. If you'd like to let us know what films you'd suggest as the best guilty pleasure, you can contact the show through our many social media accounts and email. David, what are they? You can email the show at mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. That email address, again, is mymailisworthit at isitworthitpodcast.com. Or you can send us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Just go to the website, www.isitworthitpodcast.com, and click on the links to our social media. And to help the podcast grow, why not leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? You can subscribe to the podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Acast, to name but a few. And of course, wherever you're listening to this, right now. We'd like to thank our current Patreon supporters for their patronage during this time of difficulty. We understand it's a struggle at the moment for a lot of people out there. We're part of that too, so creating content just like this can go a long way for everyone involved. I guess that's all that's left for us to do now is to say a big thank you and goodbye from me. Keep safe and goodbye from me. Stay safe and goodbye. Keep well, stay safe, (laughs) and goodbye.
<laughs> Stay safe, uh, everyone. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, Shivani's still upset about chicken run. <laughs> Good choice, Ranji. Good choice. Thanks. <laughs> Shivani may never recover. Shivani's still sad. I don't like gravy. <laughs> <laughs>